What on earth is that? It's a Journey in the Comics Network production! The following podcast, scheduled for one fall, is for the Journey into Wrestling Podcast Tag Team Championship. Because the Warhorse will fight until he breathes his last breath. I got the whole damn world in my hands. Your arms are just too short to box with God. You just made the list! But the man is back. Daddy's home. Ricky ain't about just taking titles. I'm about taking this up to another level that you've never seen before. I'm a wildfire burning across the countryside. I am Napalm Death. Welcome to Villain Enterprises! Don't think, don't company, don't entity, all pro wrestling. What's up, wrestling fanatics? Welcome back to another episode of Journey into Wrestling. Today, it's Journey into Wrestling Season 5, Episode 3. I am your host, Nate, and today, joining me, one half of your podcast tag team champions, the unstoppable one known as buckles how's it going brother uh, i'm i'm happy for the introduction i'm just gonna say now i'm not gonna break into a song and dance for it though <laughs> i'm really glad we're not having any kind of a what did they call that the dinner debonair the yeah the, the dinner debonair i think yeah i uh i certainly was not expecting a a full-on musical number and uh, as i said on messenger to you while it was happening i don't believe i've ever seen anything like that on a wrestling show before so uh, yeah, I uh, I didn't I didn't hate it. I think it's funny that uh, MJF can sing a little better than Jericho, but <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was one of those really interesting things where you know the first thing when the Le Dinner Debonair got announced for the night, we got to hear the most seductive Jr. ever, and I was like, what the fuck, dude? He is like he's like Le Dinner Debonair. Just made it all like juicy. I was like, "Ooh, goddamn, Jr. bringing it." I, I gotta say, even before we get to anything else tonight, that I am, I'm just about over Jr. I really am. Like it's, it's, it's really gotten to the point where everything he's doing is just annoying me now. He doesn't add anything to the booth. Okay, like, I respect the hell out of his body of work, but where he's at right now, he clearly doesn't care. He's putting forth as little effort as possible, and he's to the detriment of everything else. Man, I'm really glad you're bringing up the soapbox of JR because I, I agree in a lot of facets on what you just said. I love JR. I think he has a phenomenal body of work. I think he's a legend of the game. I think he is a deserved Hall of Famer and all the credentials are there and blah, 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 blah. However, we're in a young man's sport now. It's a little bit different. And there's some things that are happening that I'm not cool with that keep bugging me. And right. it's a lot of name disrespect. Um, we I've mentioned it on the uh, on the Twitter feed last week uh, when during the Will Hobbs Luke Cage or Luke Cage Will Hobbs uh, Cage match Brian Cage that he kept calling him Willie Hobbs 
Like, dude, it's the biggest match of his career. His first singles match on Dynamite. Get his fucking name right. Well, I will say Will Hobbs' uh, Twitter is like the Willie Hobbs. So it is possible that... What's up? If you're building him on the show as Will Hobbs, call him Will Hobbs. True. And, and, And let me double down on actually agreeing with you. And the whole point that I wanted to even make is... Jungle Boy. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Not Jungle Jack Perry. Those are two totally fucking different things. He is he has called him Jungle Jack Perry on every single show. Like he has to, and I feel like this is JR saying to the to the guys in the you know, whatever, hey listen, if we're gonna make him a star, we gotta use his daddy's last name. And the guys are like, sure, man, whatever. And they're even sick of him doing it. But the, it's fucking JR. So you can't be like, hey, old man, no, because, you know. He, he was really insistent tonight upon uh, big athletic men sell tickets. I know. Really- it was. It, it's like, man, is Vince like doing voodoo through you? Well, and who was it? Was it a couple weeks ago? It was a women's match, and he made some comment about a wardrobe now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! It was uh, um um uh the chick who's in Dark Order, uh, Anna J. Anna J. Yeah, he was creeping on Anna J. And he said, uh, "Did she just have a wardrobe malfunction? It wouldn't. I wouldn't mind if she did, or something to that effect." Right. And it's like, come, the, we are in fucking 2020, bro. First of all, first of all, common sense that you shouldn't say like that's like technically sexual harassment, even though she didn't hear it. Right. And second of all, it's not subtle, like hidden behind the scenes sexual harassment. It was up front on live yeah. television. Like, what? Grandpa being tasted. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It, it was almost as if he's the drunkle now, you know? Yes. That's a very good way to put it. Yeah. And he's just going to blab off and say whatever the fuck he feels like, as if, you know, maybe he took one, two, many hits of RVD's weed and he's just like, by God. I enjoyed uh, Eddie Kingston on commentary more than I enjoyed JR. I'm glad you're bringing up fucking Eddie Kingston. Let me just jump on a different soapbox and talk about how he is the greatest fucking promo and professional. I'm sorry. Listen, let me tell you, folks. If you came to this show going, man, I hope they're very professional and they never curse and they, you know, cover (laughs) it with tight, you know, ties and, and suits on and all this weird shit. No, that is not our show at all. At all. And... Kingston, let me tell you what, he is the one reason that TNT should push to say fuck on TV because he could sell a fuck in a way that would be moving. It would be like he could make you give a fuck about a fuck. (laughs) I get the feeling that with the, it's a good thing that they're slowly getting crowds back because him in a very, very quiet room, (laughs) you catch everything and I guarantee his matches are just filled with them. Oh man, I mean... The the on the subject of swearing, I have to bring this up. I just put this out on Twitter less than probably twenty minutes ago. Sure. Um <laughs> Danhausen put up a video on Twitter of him getting the new PWI top five hundred magazine. Sure. Did he make the and list? His reaction to it and the bit, the gimmick, the joke of it was that uh, he thought he was gonna be number one. And he didn't understand why why Moxley was on the cover, he thought it was a mistake, so he clearly he's number one. And he opens up the magazine, he finds out he's number 158 or whatever it is, and he just starts cursing uncontrollably. <laughs> like, fuck all this. You don't fuck with Dan Housen, I'll fuck you up. Like, it's just this tirade, swear everywhere. It's a beautiful character guy. break for him. 
yeah, the, the bit of the whole idea of his gimmick is no swear. You swear you'll get taken off the air. So it is, I laughed my ass off watching that. I, it was wonderful. I did retweet it. So, um, so honestly, yeah, we don't usually do the show Wednesday night. So we're getting a live kind of uh, reaction to Dynamite, the freshest show we watched. And it was a good show tonight. Even with the the random, random, random song and dance number. <laughs> I mean, they took a risk with the song and dance number. It's one of those things that even, like, you sit back and you're like, God, like, am I supposed to really hate this? Am I supposed to find some subtle enjoyment in this? Am I supposed to feel uncomfortable right now? And I felt all those things. And then ultimately I was like, well, they're entertaining me. And yeah. I didn't look away. And here's one thing I can tell you. Here's how I know it's somehow good. Veronica started watching it and she was focused in. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit. So you just drew new eyes. Not that she like she she's occasionally seen wrestling, but she doesn't typically get down with it. So kudos my, to the late dinner debonair. In my case, it was it was kind of like chuckling at the whole like the steak done this one up in each other, and then they pulled back the curtain to do to do the song and dance number, and I literally just looked at my screen with, "What is happening? Oh my god!" <laughs> like I, it was wonderful in its own like ridiculous way, and I, I think that may have been exactly what Jericho was wanting to do, and MJF being all in on it as well. Good for both of them. I think it was funny as hell. I'm in for it. He, uh, he's proving yeah. he's the most fearless heel. I'd say so. How many other heels you know do a song and dance number that's like a fucking 1950s jazz tune? Yeah. Um, and make it work. I, uh, I I couldn't tell you, man. Like I said, I've never seen anything like that in a wrestling show before. Uh, I I don't listen to Cornette, but I'm kind of curious to listen to his reaction to it because it would be wonderful. It's really weird. I listen to a lot of Cornette, and it's like this weird love hate thing where I hate to hear what he says, but I can't wait to hear what he says. I, I don't need to seek out reasons to be angry. I have enough of that in my life already. No, I feel you. Um, but then even, even aside from that, it was a great show. Uh, yeah, the, the tournament started tonight. Um, you had the Kenny Omega completely over the top entrance. And then, uh, the absolute squash of Sunny kiss, uh, which, do you know, why Sonny Kiss was in the match, first off. I know you had a busy day, so I'm not sure if you saw any news. I did not. I know that somebody else was in the match originally, and I don't remember who was supposed to be in that slot. It was the uh, the bad boy Joey Janela who got pulled because he wrestled AJ Gray this past weekend at a GCW event, and AJ Gray announced today that he tested positive for the run. Fuck. Joey hasn't said he has it, but he pulled. He got pulled because of just precaution. Well, yeah, you have to be precautious. And it, listen, listen. N- no surprise here that Sonny went over because you know. What do you mean that Kenny went over? Or that Kenny went over? Thank you for saving, but that Sonny didn't go over because Kenny was meant to go over regardless. It could have been Joey. It could have been Sonny. Right. I do like. That they didn't separate and go, oh, let's find somebody that has nothing to do with it. They were like, oh, well, Joey's tag partner is fucking right. Sonny Kiss. Give Sonny the shot. Put Sonny up in an, an awesome you know, opportunity, which you know he doesn't get to shine. It's a ridiculously think, fast squash, but I digress. You know, I'm, I'm going to say this, and this is a, somebody who's a fan of Sonny Kiss, and I don't, I'm happy to see him get all the opportunities he got last weekend or two weekends ago to collect him, but... Um, 
I don't think they would have squashed Janela just because he has more name value and more should have had a competitive match. He already has had a competitive match with Omega way back at the beginning of Dynamite. Oh, yeah, I remember. Uh, I do think that if if the call was not to squash Janela originally, then when they put Sonny in the in that spot, that opens up the ability to do a squash. I think it was a lot more effective because of it. I'm pretty sure that Janela and Omega had the first lights out match in AEW, right? Uh, yes, I think it was. Yeah, because that, that ended up happening before the Omega Moxley match. Yeah, which was the very first episode of the Dark, I believe. Yeah, it was. Um, I like what they're doing with Kenny. Uh, they're not necessarily rolling out the old cleaner character, but they're kind of teasing towards that way and maybe a new spin on it. Um. The announcing every like every accolade he's ever gotten, and you know, referencing Meltzer and everything, and then having the uh, girls come out with the brooms may have been a little, a little on the nose, but you know, I'll roll with it. Like more so because the the dancing girls thing was never really his bit, and New Japan as the cleaner, so I just kind of whatever. Yeah. Uh, I think that it's a this is a good point to kind of discuss a little bit because it was a, a heavy focus of tonight's dynamite was this tournament, and and really and the point I think the tournament is building to is Kenny Page, right? Oh, really? Absolutely. And, and there's a story that's kind of being told that I think is really brilliant. But I want to kind of piece it together as we go through these two different matches. We've obviously talked about Kenny quickly squash Sunny, and you know it was ain't no thing chicken wang boom boom boom. And then you had what's probably going to be the match of the week in uh, Phoenix and Penna. Hashtag which, Chop Game 3000. Look, I'm, I've been saying this for a long time. Uh, I'm a fan of Lucha Underground. I've been a fan of Lucha Underground for a while. I am, I've been a little annoyed that they haven't featured the Lucha Brothers as a uh, dominant tag team. I know COVID's had an issue with that, and their travel issues have been a part of that. I get it. However... The, both of those guys, both Pentagon and Phoenix, are legit main eventers. Like, Phoenix is one of the best wrestlers on the planet, hands down, in my eyes. I've seen him work main event-style matches with guys like Omega, with guys like No More Taste on uh, Lucha Underground, stuff where there's actually story built behind it and everything. The guy is a great babyface. Pentagon is a great and both of those guys deserve to be at that higher echelon. So I'm, you know, as happy as I am that he's getting they're getting a feature tonight. God, I wish they weren't facing Omega because I would want one of the two of the guys to get a. I would love to see Phoenix and Mox go at it. Yeah. Oh, that. absolutely. Um, but yeah, that's it was a, a chance for the for the greater audience to see what those two can really do because. You know, even though they've been featured on AEW and the uh, you know, the ladder matches and stuff with the Bucks at All Out and uh, at Double or Nothing and all that, um, they haven't really gotten that much shine on Dynamite itself. I think the only real notable match that either of them have had was Phoenix and uh, Nick Jackson, uh, the show I went to in Indy. Oh, it yeah. It was a fantastic match. But they haven't really gotten much chance to really showcase their wares as full-on wrestlers and not just part of a faction. This is their first chance to really get to do something like that tonight, and I think they opened up a lot of eyes. Or I hope they opened up Oh, totally, man. Let, let's talk about a couple different moments in that match. We were texting back and forth. You had told me you're going to 
freak the fuck out. And a couple times I did. There was multiple different moments where I was like, holy shit, is that what he's talking about? Because first of all, Penta slapped the ring post. (laughs) And he didn't not hit it. I don't know how to say that other than he hit that motherfucker like he was hitting Ray Phoenix. Yeah, he did not hold that. And I just, I can't even imagine. Like, he couldn't have felt his fucking hand. Dude, there's no way. There's just no way. Simply put, there's no way he feels his hand after that. I'm just saying. The two, uh, obviously, the three big spots in the match. One, the springboard Spanish fly. That was fucking beautifully executed. I'm glad they landed it safely. Sometimes they are really sloppy in that moment. Phoenix gets really revved up really quickly. Pentagon's pretty smooth normally. Uh, It's not nearly as sloppy as he works a little bit slower style, but... You're right. Phoenix gets amped up that he he is a danger to himself sometimes. Yeah, he gets he puts the cart before the horse sometimes. Well, yeah. Case in point, he spikes himself on the head or in the head doing the uh, uh, top rope uh, leg scissor. What a dummy spot! Ugh. But then he follows it up with that insane flipping uh, uh, power bomb. It was a 360 powerbomb, dude. He literally yeah. 360 caught him and powerbombed him. Yeah. Pentagon caught a 360 Phoenix powerbomb style. He, he pushed him up in the air so that Phoenix could do the 360 and then caught him. Too. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for, for clarifying that. But yes, it was absolutely yeah. insane. And I think he even texted you and said, how is that not the fucking finish? Because then you get to finish with a crazy super kick from phoenix where he puts his entire body into it oh yeah and then the what i called it was the smoothest transition into a destroyer that you will ever see on tv i seriously don't even know what i saw before the destroyer i physically know what i saw but i couldn't explain it to a living person well essentially essentially it's the setup for like a satellite ddt which is where you see that in in lucha libre all the time where they will literally throw, they'll kind of get the person into a uh, uh, kind of like a tilt world DDT. Only they will spin them multiple times around somebody's body. Like they will literally, like uh, I think we could word for it, they will ragdoll another human being around them into a DDT. Oh yeah, they do that whole puzzle piece thing until they lock into a DDT mode. Yeah, kind of. But um, well, there was a setup like that, and then they both. The beauty of it is that as soon as Phoenix's feet hit the ground. They were already back up. They went into the destroyer. Like, it was touch-go. That is so unbelievably smooth. Like, Phoenix does things in the ring that a human being should not be able to do. <laughs> and I tell you what, man. I was sitting and I texted you this, too. I said, <clears throat> I'm really glad they put Phoenix over in this match because, right. uh, you know, and my big thing was, like, I like the Pentagon Omega match at All In. But it wasn't the most memorable thing. I don't think we talk about it very often. The thing it was kind of is that he, and again, this is kind of from somebody who's watched a lot of his stuff in the past. He is very good at a slower pace match. Um, and Kenny obviously and, works at fucking fifteen. See, I, I kind of disagree. Kenny's matches are marathons to me. Like, uh, he works at a fast pace, but they're long, drawn out matches. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Pentagon's more like a Randy Orton, in a way. God, I would love to see those two in a ring. That'd be fun. Um, Pentagon's more like a Randy Orton in terms of his pacing. And then he is very good working with another person. Like, it, he is very 
dependent on who he's working with. Um, not to say that he's bad or plays down to anybody else's style, but he works well with the other person. Case in point, the flipping power. Uh, a lot of his stuff, he helps set people up for things really well. Absolutely. So Kenny's uh, style being very, very strike heavy. You know, not as not as very grappling and not as much high flying. You know, what little high flying he does. Kenny's being strikes is that's a one off thing. He doesn't have to rely on the other person to help. Like Pentagon's not adding anything to those strikes other than selling them. If you get my if you get my point. Absolutely. Like, he's not assisting another person as much. Um the other thing is that Pentagon's also made his bones in doing death matches and such. That's why I think a Pentagon Moxley match would also be nuts. Um Maybe we can get that after Mox doesn't have the gold that. though. The, uh, the main event from the original Ultima Lucha, which was uh, Pentagon and Vampiro in a fucking death match. Light tube death match. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Um, Penny can go. Um, but yeah, either way, you're right. The story, the whole tournament isn't in service to getting to Hangman versus Kenny. And the other side of the tournament bracket, we had Wardlow, you know, treating. Uh, Treating Jungle Boy like a rag doll. No, Jungle Jack Perry. God damn it! <laughs> I, I I kind of want to see it, somebody take the uh, the image of him doing the F five or the F ten on Jungle Boy, and just have him like spinning up into the stratosphere. But going to that, and then you have the uh, the Hangman. Colt Cabana match, which I wasn't as into just because I didn't think there was any prayer of Cabana winning that. Although so, they made it actually seem plausible at times that he was going to win the match. It, but it was so... It was believable in this into the match itself, but looking at the setup and looking at what you got coming up, there was no way in hell he was going to win it, and it just took me out of it. I also, you know, it, it, it didn't make sense that you're going to have Colt go up against Wardlow. Like, who does that really service? Right, that's what I mean. Now, if you have, which we're gonna get, Hangman versus Wardlow next week. Um, we uh, know based on the based on the memo he sent out that uh, Hangman was praying, praying that he didn't have to fight quote unquote muscle tits Wardlow, <laughs> and apparently the power of prayer did not help him. <laughs> it did not work whatsoever. He is now facing muscle tits, which uh, might he, be the episode title. Call my friends and find out how the power of prayer is supposed to actually work. Apparently. Um, <laughs> But, I mean, Hangman and Wardlow should be a great match. It'll probably be, you know, if we're going on story type and going on what we think will probably happen, which is Hangman going over, it'll be Wardlow's second televised loss, which is a big thing. Um, well, considering his only two losses would be against members of and or former of the Elite. Well, he's only, he's only lost one singles match. Cody. Cody, yeah. yeah. Which would then yeah. mean Cody and, and Hangman would be his only two losses, which are pretty big names to have over your loss. The, right. you know, you're protecting Wardlow greatly, which is a good idea. Yeah. Do you think uh, there's going to be shenanigans from MJF, like an unintentional poke of Wardlow or something that'll maybe start those two down the path of feuding? Because if you're going to have MJF go into the inner circle, what's Wardlow going to do other than feud with MJF? No, I think I think they're keeping the, the two feuds separate right now because all of Wardlow's stuff that he's done solo 
other than the Kenny match, he's not come out with MJF at all. So having MJF come out for that match, there'd have to be an explanation for it. Sure. And right now, MJF's so tied up with the uh, with Jericho that I don't think they're gonna. I think they'll keep the two things separate. Um. But yeah, that should be. I mean, still should be a great match, and we obviously know that Kenny and Phoenix will have a great match. They've already proven that before. Do you think Kenny comes out with the AAA title? You know, it would be a it would be a big time thing, which I think is kind of his shtick right now. They announced that was the first announcement on the his entrance was that he was the Mega Campeonato. Ooh, he's referenced it already. Hell, it had matches for that belt. I watched uh, the matches for that belt on Dark. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's not as if they they won't reference it. So I mean, I could see it. Uh, it would play nicely into the past uh, the past history between the two of them. Um, but even then, we know what the likeliest outcome is, and that's Kenny going over. Because you're right, they're gonna, they're playing to get. Kenny versus Hangman. That's that's the end game. And where they go with that, that's anybody's guess. But I think that's still the end game they're trying to get to right now. Well, I think it's fireworks regardless who goes over. Like, okay, so when is the match supposed to happen between the winners? At is it supposed to happen at the finals match is at full gear. The final match is at full gear of the tournament. Yeah. So the, the match they get from that won't come until probably. I'm guessing we'll probably revolution. Yeah, I was just getting ready to say, this is going to be a nice slow payoff. You're going to have a three-match thing. You'll have, let's say, fucking, just for the sake of the sake, because I think it it makes the underdog thing for Hangman even more desperate mode, but let's say Kenny goes over. I think that's what I get. So then Kenny goes on to face Mox, right? Well, he'll go on to face the winner of, Moxley and Kingston. By Wait, oh my God! Either way, hell yes, yeah. there for it. But I'm pretty sure we know that it's going to be. It's likeliest to be Moxley at this point. Because then you can. That's their second head to head. Right. And then shocking. Here you go. What everybody has said that they were, were probably going to avoid as long as they could, but maybe now is the time to do it. You have Omega go over this time because Mox went over the first time, right? So now, okay, Hangman goes over and gets the title, and then now you got a John Moxley chase. And there, there's some really great storytelling that can be. Yeah, I think your 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 idea is that you're going to have. Well, I mean, the other thing is two things here. It depends on how quickly they want to move things. If you run run a thing on it, like let's say Kenny and Hangman are the final match. Let's say Kenny goes over next pay-per-view. If they hold off and do the title match, and assuming Moxley retains, we get Moxley and Jericho at, or Moxley and, uh, and Omega at, uh, I guess, would be Revolution, sensibly, unless they do another one in between, um, which I wouldn't put it past them. But let's say it's at Revolution. Uh, you put Kenny over for the belt. Do you give Moxley a rematch at the next pay-per-view, which would be all in? Or is that when you're pulling the trigger on Hangman? Because if you, if you give Moxley the rematch, that means we won't between Hangman and Kenny from full gear to February, March of next year. That, that's a pretty significant chunk of time for that story to be slow burning. And it's already slow burning. If, 
And if you don't do a continuation of that feud, like you don't do Kenny and Hangman, you know, actually feuding off of the singles match at uh, at full gear. If you split them up and you don't have the two of them interacting, you're going to continue playing that kind of sad sack or anxious millennial cowboy hangman character. He's already been like that for a year now. So what do you think? Do you think it's fucking time to switch the whole thing up and have Omega lose? I, I still think, I think the money match is hangman and Kenny for the title, but that involves having to get the title off of Moxley. You're, I don't see a world where they envision putting Hangman against Moxley because neither of them are going to get booed. Sure. Uh, and they want to push both of them as faces. So unless you get a heel turn from Moxley, which is unlikely at this point, you're getting a heel turn from Kenny. That tells me that Kenny is the heel that's going to take it off of Moxley. There's no one other than, other than, uh, you know, Kingston. There's not really anybody left for Moxley to face. You're, you're absolutely right. So the time would be right to take it off and put it on Kenny, but the thing is, then after that, how long do you wait before you go to Kenny versus Hangman? Because I feel like if you wait too long, you're going to ruin the Hangman character right now. It's been slow burning already for a year. Slow burning it more may kill it. Yeah, you got to pick up steam at some point and give him something to fight for and give the fans something to be like, oh my God, here he comes. Hangman's making the comeback, you know? So maybe maybe they take the title off of Moxley earlier than Revolution. Maybe it's at another pay-per-view they haven't mentioned yet. You know, this is just November, and like it's November 7th, I believe, is uh, full year. And last and year they did the Bash at the Beach thing. What's that? Last year they did the Bash, bash at the Beach thing. Was that in December or whatever? Well, it was in December. It was the. It was like in January. That's right. It was yeah. It was prior to it was prior to Revolution. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I mean, yeah, they could do something like that. Um, I mean, if you're thinking if Revolution is roughly the same time period, that would be February. So that's so three out of the three months after, almost three full months after Full Gear. Would the Jericho Cruz be the Rona Rager? Uh, <laughs> honestly, if he actually puts on the fucking cruise with people. As much as a fan of, of I am, as as much as a fan of I as I am of Jericho's, sink the fucking boat. You'll be doing us all a favor. I tell you what, he had somebody interesting on his podcast this week. Did you see who his guest was? I think he had a uh, Andrew Yang. I know. I saw. I just. I got to hear. I got to check out one clip. I haven't got to listen to the whole episode yet, but I, I saw the headline on uh, on Cage Side. I haven't had a chance to read too much of the of the uh, transcript, but. It's an interesting thing. I know they were asking a lot of the comparisons between WWE and AEW. And I I, honestly, at this point, Jericho's getting to be, and we've talked about on the show before that, you know, you never want to meet your heroes or you never want to hear your heroes actually talk. I enjoy Jericho as a wrestler. I think he's one of the best of all time, if not the best of all time. I, I think that he's got a great mind for it. I like, I don't mind his music. Um, I like his books, but the more I hear him talk, you know, in his own voice, whether that's on the podcast or whether that's, you know, his opinions on Twitter or whatever, it's like, this guy's an idiot. Like he's, he comes across as just this stuck up his own ass guy that doesn't want to listen to anybody, doesn't give a shit about anybody else's opinions, doesn't give a shit about what anybody else thinks of him, which 
can be good in some instances, but in this case, he just comes off as being a hard-headed prick. And I, I'm really getting this. I don't care if Jericho the guy, I guess, or Chris Irvin the guy. I, I don't know, man. Uh, like I said, if, if he if he goes through with, if we're still in, you know, the deep dark of the Rona, come next year when they're getting ready to do the cruise, if he still does the cruise with the whole complement of people and everything, take him off screen. Just you know, quarantine him when he gets back because don't let him do that kind of shit. Yeah, that's just setting a bad example for everyone. It is. You know, I really, I do enjoy Chris Jericho. He's my, like, all-time favorite wrestler. There's a reason I have specifically the championships I have hanging on my wall because of my respect and adoration for the first undisputed WWF World Heavyweight Champion. So, there's that. But, you know, you, you, you make a lot of valid points about some of the things he said. He's had... You know, tried to have the honest mind of having people like Don Trump Jr. on and listen to that bullshit, and it's like, you know, whatever. But I think that there's something really interesting here happening. I want to get your thoughts on it. Do you think that we're going to get a Jericho slash Inner Circle face turn? I do, actually. Um, And I mean at at the hands of MJF. I think what you're going to see is uh, MJF trying to take over the inner circle or actually succeeding in taking over the inner circle. Because it would make him the ultimate heel. I do. Um, but then again, I'm also going to say I'm not, I've am not. i not been very good at picking that out. Uh, I thought we were getting a face turn from the Undisputed Era. We still haven't seen it yet. So, <clears throat> I, I don't know. I, w- I do want to say there was a significant development with NXT tonight uh, once we get to NXT. Sure, can't wait to talk about that shortly. Um, we only really have one main match left from the card. I mean, from tonight's card, there was Britt Baker. I didn't see who she faced, though. I had to skip a bunch of parts of the night because of the fucking evening I had, which you know about. We don't have to get into that here, but just to try to catch up so we could get on the show tonight, I had to skip parts of the matches. It kind of sucks. Anyways, I digress. It was uh, Kylie King that Britt fought, by the way. Thank you. Um, the other big match really tonight was uh, the tag team title, uh, number one contendership. Oh, yeah. Uh, which was good. I'm happy to see John Silver getting a push, as always. You know that. The uh, boy, John Silver and Alex Reynolds, those guys are, I'm, uh, I, they got, I'm over for them. Yeah. Like, they got I, over I, in my mind, and I think they're really, really fucking funny. And did you see who they interacted with on Being the Elite this week? I did. Uh, a little bit of case that. Hey. And, and did you see that beautiful part at the end where she was walking down the hall sort of normal with no crutch? We're getting there. We're getting she's there. not back yet. She even said in a recent interview that she's nowhere near ready. I did want to point out, I also uh, tweeted something during the show. I don't usually live tweet uh, Dynamite, but I did send that one during the episode. Uh, during, I want to say it was the uh, Kenny match. Or not Kenny match, the uh, Hangman match. And, uh, I saw. I recognized somebody out in the crowd was a legit Layla Hirsch, who is a Russian uh, female wrestler, does a lot of Beyond, does a lot of Limitless. She was just on Bloodsport, uh, had a big showing against Josh Alexander at the Collective. She's a hell of a wrestler. So I'm pretty sure I spied her out in the crowd, and that says something to me that they may be looking at her. Nice. She's, she's somebody to keep an eye on, um, which is good because they need more blood in the women's division. 
Uh, we're getting a Tay Conti and Abaddon match next week on Dynamite. Ooh. It's good. It's good. They're both in the top. Or Abaddon, I think, is ranked number three in the women's rankings at this point. Well, they got to rush something to the pay-per-view to get Hikaru Shida some sort of challenger. They can't keep throwing Thunder Rosa at her. Well, Nyla's still the number one contender, so I think that's where they're going. But does that just mean they're going to recycle the title back to Nyla, which means Nyla's going to be like this rotating giant champion that just comes and squashes everybody when they need her? You mean the big show? Exactly. Thank you. I was trying not to be an asshole and call her the big show. I'm sorry. It's too funny. Well, I mean, hey, that's... That's, That's the benefit of having a monster on your roster. <laughs> I, I, you know, yeah, exactly. No, you're you're absolutely right. You utilize them for moments like this where you can have them forcefully take the title and then it's actually kind of good for the division to have everybody chasing someone who is a just a, a straight-up badass, you know? And now who has Vicky Guerrero on her side as well. Which, you know... <clears throat> Built-in uh, heat for days. If we had real crowds right now, they would boo so loud for Vicky, it would hurt. Um, but at the end of the show, we did get the Bucks winning the four-way to become the number one contenders, and then we had Tully sneaking up and having a, a bit with the Bucks. So, I mean, it's a match we all expected for the moment that uh, FTR got signed. So, fun match. The I wasn't really here so much for the for the exit angle, just because I think it was kind of expected. Uh, I will say that Tully with the mask up looks a lot younger for some reason. It was confusing a lot of people, and as soon as he got in the ring, I was like, oh, there's Tully. And then when Shivani's like, who is that? I was like, really? They don't know? So here's the thing. Uh, I mentioned a big angle on NXT, uh, and now we kind of segue to it because it also involves somebody seriously in a mask. Ooh, 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 okay, real quick, before we do that, though, I do want to quickly say about the Bucks that this is one of those situations where you write, this is the match everybody has wanted, but I'm really glad this is not some two-year payoff thing where they're not going to get around each other's stratosphere. Right. We're going to get it sooner rather than later. They weren't afraid to pull the belts off of Omega and Paige and help to really make the payoff for that storyline. I mean, look at how many storylines kind of came out of the tag team division and back into the tag team division that are really spiraling out here this far out after those moments. Uh, I really, really think that the Bucks FTR storyline is going to be epic. I do not think the Bucks will win. I believe the FTR wins. The only issue I have with it, and I've kind of alluded to it in the last couple of shows we've done, um, the dynamic between the two teams. I mean, it should be a great match. They're both going to be great in the ring. I, I don't. You're not. We're, we're told not to cheer for FDR. They're heel. They are cheating, dirty heel. Flat out, you know this. And they are trying to put. Or, well, I don't want to cheer for the Bucks though. Like, I mean, as a team, yeah, they're fun to watch. I'm I'm excited for the match, but from a kayfabe standpoint, the Bucks are dick. They're, they're almost not. more heelish than FTR at this point just by their actions, which I think is good for storytelling. Right. It's a matchup between two teams of assholes. And you're supposed to cheer for one of them. And that's it's already a little bit of cognitive dissonance, but then tonight they did the, that heat spot where they uh, pulmonized uh, Matt Jackson's ankle with a chair. Oh, yeah. 
okay, great. Am I supposed to be sympathetic to Matt Jackson now? Because I'm not. I'm supposed to be sympathetic that they, they broke the ankle of the dude who's been super kicking Tony Sharani. I'm not. Broke his damn cell phone too, assholes. Yeah. The only thing redeeming he's that Matt Jackson's done is break uh break Brandon Cutler's computer, which was funny as shit. That was funny as shit. By the way, so, speaking of BTE, did you see the bit this week with Matt Hardy and the Bucks? The such good shit, man. Yes, I did. Like well, I, I don't know about such good shit, but talking about how, like, because Maxwell and Matt's other kid went to get, like, signatures from the Bucks. Oh, yeah. And uh, there was a joke about them jobbing, the, the Bucks jobbing to him in 10 years. Yeah. We're not jobbing to you. Well, this isn't, what do you think this is? I went over one of them. But that shit was funny because Matt Hardy's one line of just like, yes, this is great for your tweeners or whatever he called the Bucks. Your tweener characters? Yes, thank you. Tweener you characters. Such good shit, pal. <laughs> um, yeah, I do want to segue quickly over to NXT. Sure, let's uh, do it. So, I alluded to the, the Masked Man theme. Uh, so, the running theme of the show tonight, it was supposed to be um, uh, Fish and O'Reilly. Or no, excuse me, Fish and uh, Roderick Strong going for the tag title against Brizongo. And unfortunately, someone picked off Bobby Fish before the match. Mystery and then somebody picked off Roderick Strong, mystery attacker. Whoa. And uh, Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch have to be standing nearby, and uh, they offered to have, you know, one of them tag with O'Reilly to go for the title. He gave O'Reilly still a shot at it. O'Reilly said, no, I'm going to go to the hospital with my friend, so you guys go ahead and take the title match. And then, so we get Brizongo versus uh, the Red Ann Brawlers of Tony Walken and Danny Birch. And at the end of the match, we have a run-in from a guy in a silver mask with this faceless kind of like Vega from Street Fighter mask. Okay. Like a big piece of metal. Sure. And a black hoodie comes up and interferes in the match, and Birch, Birch and Walken win the title. Tonight. What? A title change, yeah. Wow, that's huge. That's huge. And then we get the reveal of the man in the mask. You want to guess? Pete Dunn. Nope. Okay, I have no idea. Pat McAfee. What? <laughs> yes. Beautifully done. Beautifully done. And, I mean, it wasn't like they were... The three of them were in cahoots because they were all slapping hands. And then... Uh, McAfee does a really like a messed up version of the UE uh, hand gesture just to fuck with him. So yeah, it was that was the closing angle of the show tonight. Damn, that is amazing. I'm I'm shocked they're going back to that well. I'm glad they are because I think they have some some more story to tell there. I'm not sure if it was the intention to go back to the well or if this is because of the Ridge Holland injury. Well, true, but check it out. It kind of works regardless because. You know, Ridge Holland had taken out Cole at the last uh, takeover, and then now, uh, oh, Fish and Strong are taken out now by McAfee. So McAfee's really trying to take out the Undisputed Era by himself, but not really because he's got help from the guys who were a part of, you know, taking out, really taking out Ridge Holland. Well, 
Yeah, it's true. In a weird fucking roundabout yeah. way, even though it wasn't intentional. It is very unusual. So I, I think they're. I don't think they're gonna. I think they're gonna wipe the thing with Rich Holland underneath the underneath the rug for now. Sure. I don't think it be included storyline wise, like the idea that Oni and and uh, Burst were the ones that were in the match when he got injured. I don't think they'll make a connection to it. But I think this is a really good Plan B. I think they kind of fell into a really nice Plan B with it. Is this the first uh, gold for those two? It is for both of them. Well deserved, right? Definitely. Um, NXT. I haven't really gotten to watch much of it lately. It's it's hard for me to get to watch NXT because of the timing. Um, I know there's kind of an oddball pairing with uh, Killian Dane and Drake Maverick. Um, you also have uh, the Velveteen Dream Kushida angle is now uh, involving Champa. Um, we have a feud between. Uh, Oh, uh, Cameron Grimes and uh, Dexter Loomis. And we're coming up on Halloween Havoc for next week, uh, which is going to see two different matches decided by the Giant Wheel of Doom. Uh, the Wheel of Fate decides your, or the Wheel of, wheel of whatever decides your fate. The That's like Taboo Tuesday all over again, bro. It's a WCW Halloween Havoc thing. It's an old school WCW thing originally. Oh, they they're they're taking this is an old gimmick they're bringing back. Okay, I misunderstood. Yeah. So yeah, it's a spin the wheel to get the gimmick basically. Okay. And uh, it, you're getting uh, that for Johnny versus or Gargano versus uh, Damian Priest. You're going to get that for EO versus Candice as well. Do you think that uh, those are planned spins or it's a gimmicked wheel, or do you think they let it organically go where it goes? Oh, no, no, I think it's a gimmick wheel because if they do something like a buried alive match or whatever on there, you don't want that popping up and not have that <laughs> that set made for you. I you're guess not gonna that's do it. True. You're not put a cage match on there. And let's face it, cage match is going to be on the wheel. You don't want the you don't want the wheel to land on cage match. You don't have the cage set up yet. You're like, um, but either way, it should be fun. Hmm. Um, you're also getting uh, Rio Ripley and. Uh, uh, Raquel Diaz, Raquel Gonzalez, uh, in a match, which should be fun. Uh, I may be missing one or two else, but um, yeah, NXT's coming right along. It's kind of weird to see uh, coming right off of Takeover Thirty One to go straight into another pseudo pay per view with Halloween Havoc. But I mean, you can't really do it in December, so <laughs> um, WWE is it is. <laughs> Um, the only thing I really want to touch on with Raw, Raw was a mess. This is one of the worst Raws I've watched in a while. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. Um, you have, okay, so we just, we're just coming off the draft, right? Sure. They've broken up a lot of tag teams, right? Sure. So we had Otis show up on Raw. Okay. As, as El Gran Gordo, which was honestly wonderful. It got a lot of press and a lot of uh, coverage on Twitter, I saw. It was, it was fun. Um, but you had uh, the Riot Squad, who got directed, I believe the SmackDown, showed up on Raw for no explanation. Oh, they're breaking it already, huh? Yeah. Oh, and um, you remember how they broke up the Iconics? Oh, with uh, let's just put fucking Peyton Royce with Lacey Evans. Yeah, with Lacey now for the reason. I think I that's the dumbest thing. We're going to have Nia and Shayna squash everybody. 
Do you know what my opinion is? Let me tell you my opinion about the Iconics. Do you know what I really think? Go for it. It's two-way punishment. Okay, so Billy Kay just really started rocking her YouTube channel. And she, she, know she, had one. she does have a YouTube channel, and it's gaining some popularity. You guys should check it out. But it's under her real name. Okay. And she did that ahead of all the Twitch drama and all that bullshit where WWE is trying to get in the pockets of their wrestlers. Before any of that shit broke out, she went her OG name. Now, I have a Peyton Twitch stream, too, so that's part of it as well. Okay. So Peyton has another little, a little part of her that is hanging on there. By way of her hubby, mm-hmm. and he carries baggage, and I think I that I'm going to say this: I don't think there's any baggage with her hubby necessarily, because I don't think Vince even remembers who Sean Spears is. The dude had it was on and it was on Raw and I down for a cup of coffee and never did anything of note, so I don't think Vince cares. Sure, sure, that's fair. I mean, that's plausible too. I just think and, that it's interesting like, the people that they hurt in certain situations. And then it's also interesting who the people who they reward. And we'll talk about that in a second, too. Go ahead. Uh, truthfully, <laughs> I know I'm in the minority here, apparently, but I didn't care that they broke up the Iconics because I didn't care about the Iconics to begin with. Um, and I, I got that, over for them back in NXT. I'm not even going to lie. I, I never did. I, I thought they needed to stay in NXT longer because... I, I don't mind Peyton. She's she's gotten better. Billy Kay has not gotten any better whatsoever. I feel like you have always talked about how she's the greenest wrestler on the roster. I mean, like, I'm not going to call her the greenest because Lana's still on the roster. Mm. Shot. But yeah, I I never saw. I like I thought they called. I feel like. I don't. I don't get the hype. I. I hate to say this. But I know they're fan favorites. People seem to really like them. And every time I mention not having a following for them, I've got weird looks or weird comments from people. I don't see the hype for Liv Morgan right now. I don't see the hype for Billy Kay, and the Iconics as a whole. I don't see the hype for Dana Brooke. I thought all three of them got called up way too early. I think Dana's only thing she has going for her is that she has an amazing physique, and I'm not dissing anything else, but I do not believe she is. Let me rephrase that all together. She's a fucking klutz, bro. I was never a big fan of her in NXT. I thought she was really green in NXT, but I didn't care because she's green. She's in development. It's fine. It's the point. But got called up way too quickly. Um. And then, and Billy the same way. I like. I thought the two of them would have been fine if you'd kept them in NXT and let them actually get better. But Billy's never been that great of a wrestler, and I don't. I sorry. And I, Liv Morgan got called up having done absolutely nothing. She never. Really, she looked green on NXT. She got called up. She was the weak point of the three-person team of the Riot Squad. And she has gotten better. I don't. I don't mean that to say that I don't like her at all. I I do think she's gotten better, but I don't get this idea that she should be getting title shots and all that when she's not believable at all. Sorry, yeah. I, can't, I can't. I don't see it. That's nothing against her as a person. Nothing against her as a performer. I just don't think it's her. I don't think she's ready yet. But you say that, and everybody's oh, you don't like her. How can you not like her? I'm like, Jesus Christ, you know, like 
I don't know. It's just me. Maybe I'm just a dick. I don't know. Can't be a people pleaser, bro. Can't let up. You can't hold on to it. Anyway, they they had that whole fuck up with pairing her with Lacey Evans, who another person that got called up too soon. Um, and I like Lacey Evans, but she got called up too soon as well. She's made the best of that, though. I think she has grown into being on that roster and has a spot for a reason. She's definitely getting there. I think she's got a higher ceiling than some of the other ones do. Totally. I I, I think her character is what's really holding her back right now. The whole Southern Belle character does not work. No one cares. Let her be a Marine. Seriously. Play up that. Let her be a Marine. Let her be the single mom. Straight up badass. Yeah. It actually would do, that would be cool to see, like, there's a moment where I don't fucking know, because I don't keep up with WWE enough to even have an idea of who's on their roster even, but to see, like, two people going at it, and then, like, she just marches down to the ring, like, not dressed to the nines like she usually is, but just, like, mom mode, hair pulled back, pissed off, you know, maybe doesn't even have makeup on, you're just like, whoa, what's going on? And then she just lays into whoever the fuck is being a dick in the moment. That'd be a great character moment for her. Let me just put it this way. Um, she's not bad in the ring at all. She's she's not great. She ain't gonna be, she's not going to be in the top ten anywhere yet, but she's getting better. She's at least believable, I guess. That would be the best part I can say. But, real life, the woman is a fucking army MP. Yeah. She's military police. She is legitimately a badass. They can probably kick the living hell out of half the people on that roster. So let her do that. Play to her strength. Play to what they are. Let her be a badass military, you know, single mom. Doesn't take shit off anybody. And, you know, I one thing, and this is something I wish we would have in any sort of wrestling. We don't get it in WWE. We don't get it in AEW yet. I wish we had one character, some character anywhere that was just a badass that you didn't want to piss off. It wasn't good. wasn't bad. wasn't a, you know, actively trying to be a white knight or a heel. But just that person that, man, that dude stepped to whoever it is. But let's say I used the name Killian Dane earlier. Let's say Killian Dane. Somebody stepped to Killian Dane. Oh, shit. He's gonna get his ass handed to him. He's gonna pummel him into the dirt. Yeah. Or like I, I always reference like I would have loved Brody Lee to have that character. He was a in the Indies. He used the truck driver character. Had him be back in catering or somebody. Something somebody just runs into him and like knocks his drink off the table, and all of a sudden all you, they just run away, piss on their pants in fear because Brody's gonna get him now. You don't piss him off. Treat him like you would treat the Undertaker backstage. Ooh, the there guy. you go. The closest we've ever gotten to it is American Badass Taker. Give me another of that. You know, have Lacey be minding her own business backstage. Somebody just talks to her the wrong way or bumps into her the wrong way. Guess you're getting your ass kicked now. She just gets set off, goes off. Yeah. Turns up to 11, starts whipping that ass. You don't, yeah. Put it this way. Let's 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 put in, in let's put it in Jim Croce's terms. You don't tug on Superman's cape. You don't spit into the wind. You don't pull the mask off the Elmore Ranger. You don't fuck around with Lacey Evans. There you go. Do that character, and people will buy it. 
one of my favorite songs, by the way. There you go. Um, so, and that's just that whole thing with the women and the they followed that whole debacle with uh, the the Peyton Royce, Lacey Evans thing with Nia and Shayna squashing all three other teams. And this comes on the heel of, heels of uh, Lana getting a title shot, losing the title shot, and then getting dropped through the announce table again. You know, just to set all that off. Wait a minute. She had a title shot. She made an emotional post about the title shot, and then they took the title shot away from her? No, she just lost. Oh. Yeah, Asuka kicked the shit out of her. <laughs> yeah, no surprise. Fucking Asuka. She's Lana. She's longer than it should have, too. Really? Um... But we have all of that, and then let's go. Let's run down. I'm gonna run down the other stupid shit from the show. We had uh, Keith Lee and Braun Strowman in the match, and it didn't end the DQ. Wow, I'm actually surprised by that. You know how it ended? Uh oh. With Braun headbutting him in the dick. What? One with a big boot. He beat Keith Lee with a head with a. Headbutt to the dick and then a big boot. Why was his dick near Braun's head? He- Braun is very tall. Keith Lee was standing, Braun was on the ground, and Braun stood up and just headbutted him in the dick. Wow. And then one with a big boot. And then Keith Lee turns around and just field goal kicks him in the nuts. So we're going to get AJ Shinsuke now. Dick kick revisited. Man, Vince is really making them do and write some bad, bad shit. They're taking a guy in Keith Lee who is unlike anybody else you have on your roster, and you're making him just another guy. That ain't a good thing. Hey, look, they did that same exact thing to somebody. He was in TNA. He could have been an amazing legend star. They did great things with him in NXT. What was it? Joe uh, Samoa Joe, that's right. Yeah. The guy who totally was believable would have beat the shit out of Brock Lesnar and should have won that title in that yep. match and yep. had a whole new fucking thing happen. Yep. But no, we have to fucking suck Brock Lesnar's dick. I'm not about it. And that's not, and again, that's not even the worst thing of the night. The worst thing was the first like 15 minutes of the show. Uh-oh. Um, so I'm going to set the stage for you here. We talked about retribution. Sure last couple of weeks and the idea that now they have Mustafa Ali uh, as their leader. And, you know, we kind of wondered maybe they're going to salvage this. Maybe they finally caught a little bit of lightning in a bottle. Maybe they can turn this shit around, right? Yeah. People are actually interested in what Mustafa Ali's going to add. They're curious. So last week, Ali was supposed to have a promo segment where he was going to explain things. Got cut. No explanation whatsoever. Just one on the show. Of course. So we open this week with Alexa Bliss in the ring. Introduces the Fiend. The Fiend does his whole five-minute entrance. The two of them stand in the ring together, holding hands. And then Retribution shows up. With the two of them not moving an inch. Retribution shows up with their generic, terrible-ass music and surrounds the ring and Mustafa Ali sends him in to go kick the shit out of him and Alexa and Bray haven't moved, haven't even blinked and then 
they do the creepy light show up, light shut off, and they disappear. Then, of and course, retribution is, is like aghast and doesn't know what to do about it because apparently the show that they're going to take down they've never watched. They don't know that Bray can fucking teleport. Apparently, um, and then we get the hurt business comes out, and you know we talked about them doing a Survivor Series match, right? Yeah, for versus for retribution. No, we got it on Raw. Really? Eight-man tag. And over the course of that eight-man tag, they both wore teal. Both teams wore teal. Uh, Slapjack uh, may or may not end up with a concussion at one point during the match. Still the dumbest name in wrestling. Well, he he caught a pretty stiff, I think, kick. Either a kick or a a fist from uh, Cedric Alexander and fell out of the ring. So may or may not have a concussion. Damn. And then uh, the biggest, baddest guy on the roster, or on, on the on the retribution team, right? T-Bar, big guy. Donovan Dijak. Gets gets tapped out by Lashley. Wow. And then, and then, after the match is over, Bray Wyatt shows up and beats all four of them up. What the fuck? Did they just bury Retribution? It sure as hell feels like it. Man, they gave up on that quick as shit. Right when, and you know, just when people are starting to show a little interest in it, finally, now we're going to kill it. Man, and Mustafa Ali dropped a hell of a promo, too, which is unfortunate. After that. After that. I know. That promo came an hour and a half after that, meaning it didn't matter. No one cared. Ugh. You're talking about causing chaos. You just get your, got your asses kicked. Okay. We're scared now. You're maybah. the hacker. Great. Maybe that's what we should do for the next You Got the Books. Rebook the Retribution. I honestly was considering it myself. Like, Jesus. I probably will. Maybe we can just do a little head-to-head, because that's a short one, because there's not a lot to really work with. Right. We can do it in I conjunction with each other and see where our ideas flow. I wouldn't mind it. Man, put it off for a week, so i gotta, I got to do a top 10 next week. They kick my ass. So. Oh, yeah. That's going to be a huge-o top 10, bruh. Uh, for the record, I still need to watch the G1 stuff. I'm going to try to watch some G1 stuff this weekend. That's going to be included, too. So, yeah, I'm going to get my ass handed to me trying to get this top 10. It's going to be a like top Top 10 with about 20 honorable mentions. I'm going to top out right now. With the honorable uh, mentions, he's going to list, list the names and the results and then move on. He's not even going to see. He's just going to be like, here are my honorable mentions. John yeah. versus Bill. Bill won. Tap out. Match. That's it. That's all I can say. God damn it. There's a hundred of these. What do I do? <laughs> number one, Bill versus God. Number two, arm bar. Number, two, number three, arm drag. <laughs> Number 77, arm ball. <laughs> Number 75, Arn Anderson. Uh, oh, good. I like that. Oh, uh, God. Yeah, yeah. the retribution thing, no one wanted to see it in the first place. No one liked it. It was dumb. Everything about it was dumb. The rollout was completely botched from the word go. And then they introduced Mustafa Ali into it, and people started to show a little bit of interest, maybe some optimism and no we're gonna kill it dead 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 I think Vince is just an asshole it really is like it's it's such a disservice to the people in that right now who are trying to get it over like despite all the bullshit you're giving them they're trying to get it over 
man, how does it feel to be those dudes? Like they're all stoked because when Mustafa joined them, it was like this, like kind of like, like everybody kind of paid attention. Like, oh shit, this could be something to take a little more seriously and pay a little more attention. Like, could be something interesting to watch. Keep hoping, man. It's like. <sighs> paying attention i hope they're writing all this shit down all this all these grievances and all this shit they're having to put up with now because when their contracts are coming up AEW's gonna look a lot better oh yeah for sure and i'm saying that as a guy that oh man AEW's always better you should go to AEW. you should do it i want them to get the fuck out of it uh out of it wwe because i don't know if they're gonna career recovery from it out of vince's world did you about the yeah. wwe they're under investigation yeah <laughs> They're under investigation from uh, an investigation that won't do anything about it. They're still in Florida, man. Yeah, I know. It's unfortunate. But still, they're under investigation for being spreaders of coronavirus. The Thunderdome specifically. If this prosecutes them for it, I'll believe you. (laughs) I agree with you there fully. I mean, especially the amount of money they can throw at it. I hope to God that they actually get some kind of consequence of the fact that they ran that dumbass, like, Maybe they ought to show the investigators that magical cleaner they told they told everybody was supposed to throw it away. I That's just really- I just hit the mic with my head because that was the dumbest shit I've ever heard them say, and I forgot it. And then you just reminded me, and now I'm dumber for um, hearing it. By the way, uh, Stephanie tweeted something this morning that they were awarded some like corporation award today. What like, the they- Vince McMahon loves his own company corporate award? Well, no, it was from some like charity thing or whatever like they got an award for all the charity work they do for being a, a corporation leading the way with charities and going that's uh, about the charities they work with other than maybe connor's care because that is a homegrown thing but every time they say that every time they do any kind of charity thing i think a you're working with susan g Cummins, which is a bullshit organization you're working with uh, stephanie who says that who's gone on record is saying that philanthropy is the way that we win the market. So I can tell you exactly what she thinks of her or how genuine she is about it. Ostensibly. And we're also going to go and we're going to have the warrior award for the big, you know, the big that we, we give the warrior award to the, the humanitarian causes and everything. The award that's based on a homophobic racist asshole. Unfortunately, I, I, yes, sir. I don't know. I, WWE accepting the work of being the greatest, biggest, best corporation and most giving and, and having your finger on the pulse of like Donald Trump giving yourself a gold star. I, I give a shit less. Fuck you. <laughs> your record precedes you. Did, did the Saudi government give you the award? Did that work for you? No, but I heard that they left the greatest tag team in the world uh, trophy in Saudi Arabia. Oh, well, you know, that's okay, because I'm sure the Saudi government can mail it back to him in pieces. <laughs> oh, my God. Jamal Khashoggi joke. Oh, my God. Like, uh, that, uh, was, that was that was that was a deep cut, my friend. Oh, zing. There, too. <laughs> oh, that was good. Sorry, uh, it was awful, and it sucks that a journalist died at the hands of a fucking corrupt yeah, government, but... The way that joke set itself up, you you can't beat the beautifulness of it. You're you're sitting here apologizing. I'm trying to figure out what what turn the blade into it. I just <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. I, I'm going to hell, and you're all going with me. <laughs> brump, 
bro, I'm holding the flashlight on the way down, man. What are you talking about? I'm like, yeah, let's find it. You tell me I'm going to hell. I tell you, I've already got a parking spot reserved. I give a shit less. (laughs) They know buckles Uh, by name there. (laughs) So moving on from a few other things, and I I don't want to spend too much time talking about WWE. I, Pardon me, wants to give a, 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 a preview of Hell in a Cell, but I honestly just don't care. Like, it's just regurgitation, they, man. They're just regurgitating matches oh, and just putting the cage as a gimmick. They're not oh, doing oh. it cleverly. I, there was something good to happen. There was something good to happen. Oh? I just came out and played a concert with a full backing band, and it was good. Really? Yeah. There, I, I don't have a snarky comment there. It was fun. That was that was the I said actually on in Twitter, fuck the rest of the show. Just give me more Elias. Wow. Hour of Raw. Just give me more of this. And then they had a uh, Jeff Hardy uh, like faking being a guitar, a guitar player so he could hit, uh, try to hit him with a guitar. Mm-hmm. We're gonna get that match at at, at Hell in a Cell, but uh, I guess Elias has a new album coming out on Monday. Jeff is I'm- jealous, and they're gonna end in a mixtape. Uh, no, this is this is still playing off the whole. Uh, somebody's uh, somebody hit Elias with a car back in like July, and they framed Jeff for it. It was all shameless and everything. If you remember that stupid bullshit angle about Jeff being a, an alcoholic. No, I mean I remember the angle about Jeff being an alcoholic. I guess I didn't even know that Elias was off TV. Oh yeah, he yeah he out for like he had a torn pec. He's been out for like the last four months. Shit. Yeah, that that car angle was how they wrote him off. Shit. So yeah, this was his first really like him getting drafted last week was his first time back, period. Shit. I'm just gonna so, keep saying shit to this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh go watch the Elias thing because it was fun. Sure, I'm he gonna check it out. Really well now too, so why am I envisioning a concert that sounds like Alter Bridge, but it's Elias? You're not far off. <laughs> wow, okay. I totally just took a total shot in the dark. I just envisioned him with a band. It was a little bluesier than Ultra Bridge. Um, okay. Wasn't as like heavy alt rock, but it was definitely kind of a bluesier rock, which is right up my alley. So I enjoyed it. Okay. Um. Yeah, we're getting three cell matches. Uh, there's some other shit that I'm not paying attention to and don't really care all that much for. Um. Honestly, the only match I'm looking forward to uh, at Hell in a Cell is the I Quit cell match. Yeah. I mean that'll be that'll be good. Other than that, I. I don't see anything. I'm actually looking at the. Uh, let me look at the card real fast. Um, you're getting the I Quit Cell match between Reigns and Uso. I'm here for that. Uh, McIntyre, Orton, Hell in a Cell. Don't care. Bailey and Sasha, uh, Hell in a Cell. I'm actually pissed off about. Don't necessarily care all that much. I have an idea for that match, by the way. I wanted to run by you. Sure. Uh, the only other match that I know has been announced is Jeff Hardy and Elias. Uh, so yeah, you have four matches announced for Hell in a Cell. It's it's Sunday, so oh Jesus, I get on a horse there, WWE. So here's what I think could happen, just as something that because like the, I feel like WWE, even though some of these pay per views have been lackluster and not necessarily the greatest thing ever, they have done an okay job of like keeping us surprised to some regard. And I mean, the return of Roman Reigns was pretty shocking. The heel turn ended up being shocking. The title switch is shocking. So they've been doing these things to like kind of keep people on their toes. And Roman isn't going to lose the title to Jey Uso. There's no way, and there's no specialty there. You don't. You're not going to see Drew drop the title with no audience to Randy in a cell. That doesn't add up. 
But let's look at Sasha Bailey. Bailey's got the title, right? Yeah. Titles on the line. Yep. Sasha and Bailey beating the shit out of each other. Lights go out. Lights come back on. Ronda Rousey in the ring. She starts bludgeoning Bailey. Just Bailey. And Sasha's begging her to stop. So we get this like almost moment like it's breaking kayfabe. Wait, what the fuck? Why are you here? Why are you beating the shit out of her? Please stop. One I, one I, one punch I, from Ronda to the skull of Sasha, who falls on top of Bailey, and the title switch happens. So then now you've got this violent fucking Ronda Rousey returning because there's been, I guess, teases and rumors that she's supposed well, to be showing up soon. You know, here's the thing, and I'm kind of going against the brain here. I'm so annoyed with the Bailey Sasha thing that there's not really a result that's going to make me happy at this point. Sure. Like, I'm annoyed that they're even having the match. But I also, I don't have any interest Ronda Rousey come back. I don't care. Sure. So having her come back would probably be a cool kayfabe angle, but for me, I don't. It, it's not moving the needle for me specifically. <laughs> so, I mean, like I said, it, it's not that it wouldn't be a good angle. I think people would like it. I think people would probably bite on it. It's just not for me. <laughs> I guess if it if it was executed properly, it could really get people talking, but it would have to come off as... Mm-hmm. Let me let me put it this way: the only person I'm interested in in, in Ronda fighting is Becky. That's the only person I, I care to see her fight. Sure, sure, and sure, sure. Uh, there's a rumor going around that Vince wants uh, Becky back. Yeah, I don't see that happening. <laughs> hey, hey, pop out a kid and get back here real fast. Well, I think she's due in like December, so I would give her four months. Still, but, you know, she kind of wants to take time off of being a mom. Okay. St- let her sit back and relax. Well, I mean, when you, you, you start the rumor off with Vince wants this, that's saying that Donald Trump wants this. He doesn't care about reality or anything. It's just what he wants. It's true. So I... I yeah. I've been in a great mood lately. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did want to bring up something real quick. Uh, sure. We're getting on this hour, 20-minute mark here. Um, something I've actually had had time to talk to you about it for a couple of weeks now and just haven't had the time to do it. But with all my, my kind of travails on social media and on Twitter and on Facebook and message boards, HITs and the like, I, I noticed that, you know, we've always talked about the Wednesday Night War of WWE and AEW or NXT and AEW. But really, we're getting to the extent now, and it's really annoying on social media to see the tribalism that you're starting to see and it's not like oh man I really like WWE I'm team WWE or I'm team AEW or something like that it's not a pick a side I like this side and I'm going to watch that kind of the what the Wednesday Night War is meant to be it's oh you don't like AEW or you like AEW oh you're a fucking nerd you're a mark or oh you like WWE you're a WWE defender it's it's not it's not so much bragging on your own stuff. It's it's people dissing eating. on other people's opinions. They don't even and and the commonality is 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 right. wrestling. You should be talking about wrestling. Right. And the fucking craziest part about this yeah. is, and maybe I'm 
you know, jumping the shark into your question that you're going to ask me here, but like the, the, the crazy reality is this, man. No matter what side you're quote-unquote on, we are all winning when wrestling is doing well. Right. That's that's the reality of it. That's what it should be. Like, I could care less if you like WWE more than AEW. I might question it, but I don't, I don't care. I'm happy that I'm happy you're happy watching it. I'm happy that we have good wrestling. I'm happy there's competition. What I'm not happy about is every time there's a story about WWE, somebody has to chime in, well, AEW did that, or and the AEW kids are going to like that. Or every time that, you know, AEW, like one mentioned Janela, they had to hold, hold Janela out today because of uh, him wrestling against somebody that had COVID or got or tested positive COVID. And the, within the first two lines, it's, oh, but they shouldn't have done that whole sloppy shop line, but they're not making fun of WWE now. Had nothing to do with even AEW, though. That's the thing that's stupid about these people talking shit. You you see it both on both sides. You see people that interject AEW into every WWE conversation. You have people that interject WWE into every AEW conversation. And I get there's a natural rivalry. I get it. Competition competition. But people take it so fucking far, and it's so dispiriting to see that same kind of us versus them shit all the time. Especially in something that's kayfabe. It, it's pushing people to be better. Like, the competition is a healthy thing for both of them. So, why treat it like they can, like, I, I hate to make it sound political, but they treat it like Democrats and Republicans. Like, it's not about arguing your point, it's about arguing against the other person's point. WWE, like, the WWE fanboys don't give a shit about promoting WWE so much as they want to trash on AEW. They want to talk about why AEW product is bad and they don't like it as opposed to what they love about WWE and what WWE brings to the table. It's different. It's not it's it's not what they want. It's not what they want, it's not what they used to. Yeah. They don't like flip shit. They don't like the indie shows. They you know, it's the same it's the cornet calling a mud show outlaw wrestling or whatever. But then you've got guys that don't like WWE that take every chance to trash them. And I know I come off as trashing WWE a lot because I find that their shows are insufferable at times. But that doesn't mean I don't enjoy WWE at times. It doesn't mean I don't want them to be successful. Man, when, like we've talked about before, man, when WWE gets it right, they hit home runs. Yeah. Yeah. That's and all then, we want in wrestling is everybody to be going up to the plate with the intention of hitting a home run. It's not that hard. Right. Um, so it's just, it's, Really, like having spent some time on social media now, it's it's unfortunate to see how toxic that can be. I mean, any fandom is going to have toxicity. We've, we've experienced it all. I mean, comics, TV, movies, music, anything. Any fandom is going to have toxicity in it. But now that you have two defined sides in wrestling, you know, you don't. You never got a defined side of. Uh, Impact versus WWE because Impact has never taken seriously or hadn't been taken seriously in years. But now that there is serious competition, or at least perceived serious competition, you have so many people who are getting off on ridicule. Or getting off on, you know, dragging up every little thing, every chance they get. 
you know, uh, when somebody, you know, somebody, when they had the outbreak at NXT, they had the, uh, the mini COVID outbreak or whatever. And WWE's investigated and somebody goes, well, AEW's not any better. No one brought up AEW. No one mentioned AEW at all. They weren't part of the conversation. I mean, you can make, you can make arguments against, obviously. AEW's not, you know, is not innocent in any of it, but the conversation wasn't about Two totally different boats, man. Right. Why are you dragging them into it? Or, you know, if you're watching AEW, why do you continue to bring Vince out? Or why, if you're, you know, a fan of AEW, why do you continuously take shots at WWE? Because it's just, you stand on your own two feet. It's just, it's really disheartening to see it at times, man. And maybe it's because I'm exhausted because of everything is tribal right now. You know, you go on any social media, everything is tribalism and everything's an echo chamber because of the times that we live in. But maybe, I mean, maybe I'm just hypersensitive to it. I don't know. But it is really hard to watch. It's really hard to read it. Hard to read it. Truthfully, Facebook worse. Now let me, let me let me break it down a little bit because I think that you bring up a good point about tribalism and everything that's going on right now, and this is what I think is real. And it's something I think we need to remember is that for the past, I would say since 2015 is probably a great number to say when things started ramping up for the Trump uh, election. It has become more evident that there is a small percentage of people that are very, 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 very willing to let everyone else burn for the sake of themselves. Yeah. And then there's everybody else trying to be like, no, we have to be better together. And, and, and when you bring up the tribalism, you're absolutely correct because you have people now having the opportunity to speak their minds and really, really try to promote their side of things. Could you imagine the Monday night wars with Twitter and Facebook? No, and I wouldn't want to. Because everything would have been a headline. Everything would have been crazy, especially with the way thing the internet with the way things happen now with the internet, Mick Foley's title win would have been broken totally differently. Yeah. The bus in the seat line would have broken the internet. So you and know and if you really want to go down that rabbit hole if you want to think about the, uh, the Monday Night Wars with the internet, with social media, you wouldn't have even had that moment because it was already pre-taped. You would have known already. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It would have been on cage-side seats or something. Here's spoiler alerts for Monday Night's Raw. Well, I mean, you wouldn't have had Tony Schiavone giving the that put spots in the seats line, which drove people over to Raw. You know, that was the tipping point of the war, was that infamous line that drove people over to watch Raw instead of Nitro that night. You wouldn't have had that because half the world would have known already that that Foley was going to win. So you wouldn't have had Shivani wouldn't have had the agency to make that line, and maybe you don't have the mass move over. Yeah, it's 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 really an interesting thing to think about, you know. Especially like, could you imagine the okay? Like, here's one moment that breaks the internet back before the internet. Bash at the Beach, 90, what, six? Mm-hmm. The turn well, with Hogan? It would have broke the fucking internet, bro. Yeah. It would have been the most talked about thing. Hulk Hogan's a bad guy now? Mm-hmm. And then yeah. and then the following week would have been, look at his new look. Hogan's a bad guy. Be the first to see his new look. Yeah. 
I can just yeah. see it now. Yeah, it, it's uh, strange days that we live in, my friend. No, I fully agree with you. I think that stranger days are ahead. It's really interesting to think about that, you know, we are going to continue to cover wrestling every week. And this episode is a day late and a dollar short, and I'm sorry about that. That's just the way that the cookie crumbled with the way things fell for Buckles and I. We needed the time. But to be very serious in real world for just one second, we are closing in less than two weeks now to the presidential election in the United States of America for 2020. I do encourage all of our listeners to go out there and vote. Um yep. You know, I won't tell you which way to vote. I think it's pretty fucking obvious that if you're a humanitarian who cares about people at all, you know which way to vote. I don't even think we really need to, to influence anybody. I think pretty much listening to the two of us talk, it's, it's pretty obvious where our, our feelings lie on the presidential election. Cor- correct. Uh, <laughs> but I, I made five Trump jokes tonight. <laughs> but, but I do want to say that on the other side of that election, we are still going to be covering wrestling. And right. we are still going to try to bring uplifting news and information no matter what the election holds. We are going to try to, the day after that election, because literally the next day is the episode dropping, we'll probably be recording the night of. Um, I don't know that we're going to be recording the night of. I feel like I'm going to be glued to my TV. You're, 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 you're right. That you Plan on us not recording the night of, probably the day after. And then, hey, guess what? The next day, we'll we'll just air on Wednesday. We'll just uh, record the show on Wednesday. We'll watch Dynamite, and we'll we'll do we'll do show we'll do a whole show of you know recapping Dynamite and recapping NXT and recapping the the riots burning the planet down because Trump's fighting the election. <laughs> there you go, man. You've already charted our course. I'm ready for it. I'm excited. Uh, but uh, but... I can't wait for my I can't wait for my first election riot when I get to Stone Cold Stun or somebody. I'm gonna do it. Oh my God, that's hilarious! That's that is the question I ask all of our listeners when Civil War Two breaks out in the United States of America. What finishers are you going to hit on the other side? I will probably, I'll be completely. I'll, I'll probably try to give somebody a DDT and end up cracking the back of my head on something and knocking myself out. Ouch! Yeah, I mean, I've always wanted to really super kick somebody, especially like someone smarting off. I'm gonna throw this out there right now. I'm, I'll be 35 come January. I uh, if I super kick somebody, I'm blowing both hamstrings to do so. <laughs> Can we trend on Twitter? Super kick a Nazi? Can that just be a trending thing? Oh, I wish. I'll put it on. I'll I'll, I'll put it on the next uh, when I'm tweeting raw. We'll do that next week. Yeah. Super kick. Super kicking a Nazi. Fuck yeah. Well, hey Buckles, is there anything else we want to touch on before we uh, drop out of here this week? No, I think we're good. Um, I am going to try to get some uh, eyes on some New Japan stuff for this week. Um, this weekend, we do have Hell in a Cell. Uh, we also have Bound for Glory, which I'm going to try to touch on next week as well. Um, yeah. Uh, wrestling world never stops. No, not in 2020. We've uh, we've been given the opportunity to be able to enjoy so much wrestling. It's sickening. We've also been able to now cover it weekly, which we do appreciate. You guys know where you can check out the Journey Into Wrestling podcast right here on Journey Into Comics Network. You can get us on journeyintocomics.com. Also, make sure to go to all the different podcasting platforms where you listen to podcasts. I'm talking about Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, CastBox, Podbean, TuneIn, Stitcher Radio. You can say 
Hey Alexa, play podcast by Journey Into Comics Network, and you'll find our network on your Alexa device. And many others just search Journey Into Comics Network, like I said, on almost any place you can listen to yourself and uh, listen to your podcasts. Uh, you can also find us on social media, JIW on JIC on Twitter. Uh, we're also on Facebook if you search Journey Into Wrestling. This guy's the greatest tag team co-host in the world because I didn't have to hit him with the hot tag there. I fell into the ropes, and he tagged my back, and the ref saw it, but our opponents did not. And it was the secret to our success and our victory. Anyways, Buckles, yes, as he said, check us out on the social medias. Make sure to join in on the conversation with Buckles anytime he's live-tweeting any of the shows. It is great fun. Just to do a last-second Twitter talk, we did get a blessing from the one and only Dan Housen today. Uh, right before the show started tonight, so, yeah. So he blessed us well. And I think that's going to do it, Buckles. Thanks again for joining me on Journey Into Wrestling. This has been Journey Into Wrestling Season 5, Episode 3. Wait, they they buried Retribution already? I've been Nate. Still Buckles. And we will see you fine folks next time. Ciao.